TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is podcast number 579, and I'm Libya, your host. This week, you ha- we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yu Sun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. Hey, this is Peter. Uh, I write reviews for We Live Entertainment, and I live in Hollywood. All right, let's start off with the news. There was a lot of it, and since Tom isn't here, I'm going to attempt to give you the news, but I'm not going to be as good. So there's been a lot of cancellations because of the upfronts. So a lot of stuff on CW pretty much has been canceled, uh, except for um, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger was pretty much the only one that didn't get canceled. But Winchester's, Kung Fu, all those shows canceled. Some For some reason, they picked up uh, 61st Street, which is the Courtney B. Vance show. So CW is now going to be doing that show. I don't know why, why that is. Um, also, the big craziness was that CBS canceled SWAT, which is the it, last season was the highest rated the show's ever been, and they canceled it, and everybody was confused. And then the next day, they uncanceled it. So, and they think it was a ploy by because it it's owned by sony but it airs on cbs and they were negotiating who was going to pay what what percentage and they think it was like cbs was was like really you don't want to pay what we want fine we'll cancel it you know um i think or w- one of them did that i'm not sure which way that went but somebody i think did that as a see who blinks first sort of deal mm. um and then what else got canceled? I'm scrolling through my news fairly quickly. Um, I think Lockwood and Company got canceled after one season at Netflix. Lopez versus Lopez got renewed for season two at NBC. Um, Alaska Daily, Alaska Daily, Big Sky, and the Company You Keep were all canceled at ABC. And I think that's all that I've got for right now. And I'm sure. Uh, when Tom gets back, he'll fill in the blanks. Uh, and then the other big thing, if you haven't been paying attention, is the writer strike is going on in L.A., and it's been very, fairly crazy. Uh, all right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Barry. And uh, I think of the group that's here, it's only me and Allison who've watched Barry. And the time jump, because I remember at the end of the last episode, we are like, wait, is the time jump a dream? And the answer to that is no, the time jump yeah. is not a dream. Um, and I'd say this episode was more set up because now that we're in a different time period, they've got to set up what's going on with the characters and who's where and what's what. And I get it. The The biggest redeeming factor is when you get to the end of the episode and Barry's like, I have to kill Mr. Cousineau. And I was like, okay, I'm in. I want to see what, I, I want to see where that's going. And Kuzino apparently living as a monk because he killed his son is like, but now he still wants his fame. Like he is such a bizarre character, but I love it. And I, and I like the idea 
that now that he's got his guard down, Barry's coming for him. So, uh, Allison, your thoughts? Yeah, I was like, um, you know, sort of, well, you know, normally I like time jump type things. I, I think that it's kind of a bold, daring thing to do. And eight years, especially, you kind of go, whoa. But it's just made the whole series feel so different all of a sudden. If they did this in the very last episode or even the penultimate episode, I'd say, okay, fine. But we actually have like half this season is going to be devoted to this time jump period. And and at this point, I mean, I can understand why you're, you got suddenly interested and we said, yeah, I'm going to go kill Kuzino because that's when we suddenly get back to what the show was before with Barry and Kuzino and there being, you know, the, the tension between them and all of that. Whereas most of this episode was just devoted to their, uh, you know, Barry and, and uh, Sally's new identities. And they're, oh my they're God! And abused also, kid. I was about um, to say, and they are terrible parents, but oh, they're, they're both horrible. sociopaths. I mean, they're both sociopaths, so it shouldn't be surprising that they're terrible parents. But it was kind of surprising how terrible parents they were. You know? Yeah, I mean, so. it's well, they're both. You know, I I didn't realize how sociopathic Sally could be, um, but I mean, she really is just so involved in herself that even after having a child she she just she ignores him entirely it's like she she doesn't want him to be there if she doesn't pay attention to him he'll go away that kind of attitude most of the right. time right and, and then and, barry who pretends that he's the greatest father ever was like uh the kid was like can i get a blanket because i'm cold and and he gives him this whole story of living without and then he got some toy that he wanted and i was like oh mm -hmm. my god yeah, oh, it's just this whole self-involved thing. It's and and the crazy, you know, obviously cult religion that they're into at this point, and 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 all of that. And well, it's not even. But the thing is, I don't think they're into the cult religion at all. I think they're doing well, no, it for it's their part son. Of the, it's the, their I, fake sure identities, for, right? It's it's for their identities. I think though that Barry does. I think Barry wants to erase who he was so badly. That he thinks, like a lot do, that religion is going to stand in for an actual moral center. And and that's why he leans on it. That's his crutch. For Sally, she's playing a role. I mean, when, when the kid says, does your mom wear hair on top of her hair? Um, <laughs> that was great. I thought that was really one of funny. The best lines in the show. Um, it was it was going to the, you know, why doesn't Sally just just dye her hair and the reason is because there's just something about pinning her hair up and putting on a wig it becomes playing a she part she becomes that character right exactly it, and it's part of that process she needs to play a role and and so we i get all of that and it's just that i i'm really hoping that my maybe by the next episode we get more into the feel of of the show as we've known it before i, I still want to know what happened will. with hank um, yeah, you know, are we are we ever going to find out about that? And and yeah, I think we will. You know, all of all of this stuff is just kind of hanging at this point. I don't know. I I'm just I I didn't think that the time jump was super successful. It had interesting things about the the. I mean, uh, I don't think we can really judge until we see what's going on with the rest of the world and where they go with it. I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, I, I just felt like I was. It was the first time with Barry that I found myself looking at my watch and going, 
how far along are we? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Ted Lasso. And uh, we had really two episodes of Ted Lasso to talk about. Um, and it mainly dealt with the last week's episode, or the week before was about uh, Keeley's videotape and everybody's reaction to her, to this leak that happened with her videotape. And I really kind of thought it was interesting the way they played it. Like, you know, she's very much um, traumatized by it, but everybody keeps expecting her to apologize for a, for being hacked, which doesn't make sense. And I like that she resisted it. I really, I really liked how she handled that. Uh, did anybody else see it? Yeah, I did. Um, um, go ahead, Allison. Oh, no, you haven't spoken yet. Go right ahead. Oh, um, yeah, you know, I, I love how sex positive and um, a sort of a, I don't want to say um, a, a backdoor feminist, um, you know, the show does a great job, uh, I think, of not, you know, hitting you over the head or soapboxing, you know, uh, what everyone likes to talk about as being woke and this and that and, and whatever. Um, and this is something that, you know, it's not particularly timely. This has been around now for a decade easily, you know, celebrities and their clouds and their phones being hacked. And so it's not the freshest of materials, but it still, um, it still shines a light sort of on that, um, you know, an issue that hasn't been, you know, at all resolved um about you know a woman owning her own sexuality and not being shamed for it um you know it was uh it was a private video that was sent uh it wasn't even you know i think it turns out it wasn't even hacked from her phone it turned out it was hacked from jamie's emails or something um so you know i like the way the show handled it i also actually honestly like the way listen i was never a fan of her relationship with jack so I knew that when it came out, <laughs> I was like, oh, let's show your true colors, Jack. Let's see how you're going to handle this. And I was like, I knew Super it. passive aggressive. Super passive like, aggressive. I knew you and could just not be so... counted on. You are not yep. worth your Keely. I was like, you do not deserve her. <laughs> you are showing your true colors. So, um, so for me, um, that was a good way to get her out, out of the out of the show. Off well, the show. I, 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 I think that, that was really that. what it was for. I think the whole point yeah. of that, because I mean, from the yeah. time that that they introduced Jack, I knew that they were gonna, you know, give Jack the boot at some yep. point. Exactly. Um, so we could we could get Keely back to her true love, you know. And yep. I was hoping that would be Roy, but it doesn't really look like that, especially considering his reaction. Yes. Uh, to oh her. man, I mean, that he was like fobbed that. He fobbed that so badly. I yeah. actually yeah. gasped when they had yeah. him say that. I thought, <laughs> oh no, that's yeah. it's like it's like put a stake in in that for. You know, I mean, it's and and salt the earth. It's like, oh my god, there goes my ship. Um, it's just down to the bottom. Down I can't, to and, and he, but I will give him credit in that the second it was out of his mouth, he knew he had said. Yeah, the oh, wrong he thing. knew he'd screwed up. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was it. just. But it was too set, late, though. You know, yeah. so I think that they're moving in the direction of actually making her go back with Jamie. You know, I know, people. and I kind of. Uh, I'm not, not a fan of that. For. I am not um, a fan of that. No. No, but you know, the, the thing is, you know, I, I have to say with both both of these episodes, and 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 Yusin brought it up. She said this really isn't a fresh idea. Mm -hmm. um, it's. I think. I think both of these 
episodes back to back, the most recent ones, have taken uh, a subject matter that was important or that, you know, I mean, it was it was a big deal. And then they sh- they just did such a shorthand version of it mm. that I just felt kind of emotionally cheated. And yeah. I think they're not devoting a lot of time because they're so de- they're so desperate to wrap everything up at yes. the end of the season. They're doing too much in too little time. I agree. And, and well, I, I would you know, say the uh, you're talking about the Nate part of the story, right? I the Nate. No, I, I think the Nate the part of the story is is over. You know, that's that's an overarching thing that's that's we've talked about before. But the whole thing with Keeley, I think all of that got very short shrift and got resolved too fast in this episode. And then in the very next episode. We're dealing with, um, oh God, now I've forgotten, uh, Colin, Colin, and how, how, you know, his, his secret is about to come out and it seems like Isaac is, is, you know, they're playing him like a homophobe and, and he won't touch him. He won't look at him. He, you know, all of that. And then they resolve at the very end saying, no, it's just because he was hurt that he didn't tell him because they're such good friends. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, really? I knew that's where they were going. I mean, I I, knew, I, I was really I was that's afraid that's where they were going because yeah. you know I mean because everybody has to be so nice in this show, and yeah. I I really didn't want them. I wanted them to have a lingering problem and made me make that something that Isaac has to work through. Right. And and they don't they have didn't, time. They, they don't have time. That's the problem. They're so committed to ending at the end of this season that they're doing everything I'm, at light speed. I mean that I'm I'm I mean I get it. If it's at the end of the season, I'd rather them wrap it up than leave us hanging at the end. Yeah, that's I, true. But you know the thing is nobody is forcing them to end. They would have been really happy to keep Ted Lasso on the air for like another decade if they could. And it's it, it's the showrunners who who uh want to end this this season who are determined to. I no, thought I, the way I understood it, it was Sudeikis and Apple were disagreeing. They yeah, were having a disagreement, right. and that's what that's what it is. It's not that they just chose; it's they couldn't come to an agreement on how to do something. I'm not entirely sure what the disagreement was, but they couldn't agree to how to do the show. And so Sudeikis was like, "Fine, if we're not going to come to agreement, I guess we're just going to end." So it's not like they just decided to end for the, for no good reason. There there was a reason. Mm. So it's, you can't just throw it all on the showrunners. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, regardless, but, I, I have to agree with Allison that, um, and I've said this all season long. I have, but it, it's not my favorite season, and and I think that, you know, um, uh, my fondness for the show obviously is you know going to color my impression of the these episodes in the sense that you know I'm going to enjoy them for what I can take from them. But I do think that they. Um, you know, if they're not, if they, if they didn't have, if they knew that they weren't going to have the, you know, more than 10 episodes to do it, then they, they, then they honestly shouldn't have, I think they were too ambitious. I don't think they mm-hmm. needed to, you know, do so many different storylines. Well, the, yeah, the Colin storyline yeah, was extra. That, that's yeah, that's true. extra. Yeah, don't, don't introduce all these yeah. extra factors. Don't, yeah. don't do it. He wasn't a huge character, you know, in the other two seasons, you know what I mean? And it, this wasn't a thread that they started all the way, you know, way back and that we were super invested in. So if you're going to try to start it, get me this invested, then you shouldn't try to wrap it up this way, this quickly. It did feel a little trite. Um, and that's something. Well, that my biggest issue on. was the music. I was like, "Why are you playing show tunes?" Like, it felt too. Yes. That was, I was just like, "Why? What's going on with this, yep. man?" Like, yep. that yep. actually bothered me well, more he's than anything gay, else. So, of course, we have yes. show tunes. Yeah, I know. I was just like, "Really? <laughs> like, true. come on, guys!" Yeah. Like that felt that false. Too. Yeah. So it definitely, right. to me, I thought it was probably one of the weakest 
um, uh, episodes. Episodes. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree because we don't really have that much invested in Colin. But let's move no. on. Let's move on. So I personally, I like the first episode better than the second. And I'm not as down on Ted Lasso as you guys. But all right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Class of 09. And we're going to start it off with Peter, who's since he's the one that uh, pitched this show to all of us. What is, and we're only going to cover the pilot. So I actually uh, have only seen the pilot. Right. I think that's they, why we're I only think covering they the pilot. the first two episodes. Right. So what um, did you think? Well, why, the, why did you tell us? Be like, oh my God, you guys have well, to watch I saw the I saw the billboard. Uh, I live around La Brea and I saw the billboard and I was like, I was like, that's kind of a cool billboard because it's like Brian Tyree Henry, um, what is her name, Kate Mara, and then two other an actress and actor. But it's like you, you, you it says class of '09, the FBI, and then it's like they're younger, they're normal, and then they're older. And I was like, what? I was like, what is this? Um, so the sh- in the pilot, yeah, it looks like so. It's basically like, I mean for lack of a better uh, thing, it's basically the Grey's, the Grey's Anatomy like opening, right? So they're basically the recruits. They're the rookies in 2009. But then we also see that in the future, AI has become like a really big thing. And Brian Tree Henry is in charge of all of that. And then in the present, we see that the characters are, you know, one character might have to, um, you know, kind of doesn't really want to snitch on another character and what does that mean i just i i do think as a pilot it's pretty intriguing i do think it's a little too much of the back and forth and back and forth i do wish it was a little well because they're, they're we, like we now we're in the present now we're in the past i was like okay you can calm yeah. that down a little like um, yeah we but, were in three different time periods right. through the pilot. but i really like those actors so i'm like okay i'm really curious as where, where this is going to go i mean the end which is that like they they clearly set the thing up so the guy like gets killed and everything. I was like, yeah, that's okay. Like, um, but but I don't know. I like I like those characters, the actors. So I'm curious. Uh, I it was funny because I watched it with Yusin and we were at her house, and they show they start off in the future, and then right. they flash back to them being in the academy. And what was hilarious was until we go back to the future, Yusin was like. Oh, that was where we were. And that's the character, which was hilarious. But it's funny because it was a little confusing going back and forth. And we were talking at one point and we missed one of the Chirons. And I was like, wait, there was a Chiron telling us what time period we're in. Where, when are we? <laughs> and we had, to like, we had to like rewind it to figure out when we were. Uh, I like high concept shows like that because I yeah. want to see if they can, you know, fulfill the promise. But it is a lot for a pilot. There was a lot going on. Uh, you said, what did you think? Um, you know, I like the look of the show. I think when we first, yeah. when it first, when it first popped up on the screen, uh, you were like, oh, this is look, it reminds me of Person of Interest. And even though I hadn't seen much of the show of Person of Interest, I kind of agreed. And then I realized it was an FX show um, as opposed to a CBS show. And I thought, oh, this is going to be grittier, I think. It's going to kind of have a certain look to it. Um, so I like the look of it. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's intriguing. I, I won't say that I'm super excited about the show, but it does seem, I also like high concept shows. I don't like it though, when it's more concept than actual plot, you know, 
Um, I'm not a fan of actually of, of uh, Kate Mara's, uh, but I liked her in this. So, uh, you know, I found her very watchable. Um, I think that the mystery that they're kind of setting up is interesting enough. I mean, I don't know. I would say that I'm very, um, I think the things going for it is the concept uh, you know, the look of the show, the acting did absolutely seem solid. Um, as far as sort of like being a mole in the FBI, the show was about her being an undercover FBI agent, but now she's going undercover in the F within the FBI. I don't know how interesting that is to me. Do you know what I mean? I think if it didn't have an aspect of AI and the future aspect of it, um, and it's a little bit minority report. It seems like it's sort of oh, very minority first, report. You know, all oh, right, because because the AI is predicting who's yeah, gonna be well, yeah, because that's what the guy who gets killed says. He's like, we used to something like we you know we would put people away not for their thoughts or something. Right. And I was like, oh, minority right. report, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. So totally. the, I don't know how interesting that is because we've been there. Minority report was how many years ago? So twenty. Um, yeah, so so you know what I mean. So like you know, it's got a, a, a bit of the sci-fi concept to it. It's got the this, the that. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, at, for a pilot, it was interesting enough. I tend to like FX um, projects because they tend to be dense. Uh, but that's that's a double-edged sword. I mean, I think for want... me, mm-hmm. I think for me, the thing the thing that I'm worried about is, and you know, I say this as a person who um, I like, uh, you know, I like the rookie. My least favorite episodes of the rookie or cop shows is when the stupid characters have to go undercover. I'm always like, oh my God, I don't care about this. Like, uh, so when they're setting this up, it's like, you're going to have to do this. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm like, oh my God, please. I don't want that with the show. Like, you know, like, so. That is the show. It seems like that's going to be. The I know. That's, I'm like, uh, one of the like, timelines. Yeah. Cause it's supposed to be. Her her history with these people is going to inform how she goes undercover. I think that's it's the whole show. And, how, and, and yeah, and how did the other guy end up the head of the FBI? Like, well, I'm curious about the, that. How he yeah, ended up the head of the FBI? Yeah, I that's going to be interesting. I liked his speech at the end when he's like, when they're like, you know, why should you be renewed for eight years? And he's like, we look, we we have kind of the minority report thing. Nobody's like, you look, we have. The LA or, or the country is safer now than it's ever been. Blah blah. I was like, okay, curious where this is gonna go. Like, you know, so that stuff I like. Oh know. yeah, you know what? I thought that the writing was actually really good when he talked about it being a child, and you kind of have to right. Like, yes, you know, yeah, I like that. The child, and you know, kind of that. So my my point is, I think the show has potential. I think the writing has potential. The look is is good. The acting is solid. Like I would definitely watch another episode or two, but I would have to be careful for me to see if it's just going to sort of, you know, not bring anything new to the table or, you know, just kind of not be particularly interesting. I know that sounds so basic, but that's the truth. I mean, you've given me minority report, so let me see what you do with it. So, I mean, I'm glad right. I checked it out. All right. So overall, I think we're saying thumbs up on uh, next up. Uh, talked about the premiere of Mrs. Maisel, which I know we're way behind on, but we have limited people who are watching it. So, Allison, why don't you lead this, and what did you think of the premiere? Um, well, I am of two minds with with the season of Mrs. Maisel. Um, there, they have they have sort of done a weird thing where they have these cold opens that take place in the '80s, and then they the rest of the show is in the time period that we're used to. It's set in like 1961. 
and everything that happens in 1961 is great the that part of the show i mean it's i would say it's every bit as funny as maybe first season it's they have just really gotten into back into the rhythm the jokes land it's it's terrific stuff um my problem and because they do this with every single episode um since i've seen them um and they open up with with the first one here is those those cold opens that take place in a flash forward uh the first one that we get is of uh midge's daughter who is she she grows up to be a genius but also seriously emotionally possibly mentally disturbed she's on medication she's seeing a psychiatrist um it, they make it out very lazily to be like everything that's wrong with her is because of her mother and and she resents her and and all of that and we get all of that unloaded on us before the opening credits and i was kind of like what and and then we get back to all the stuff that's happening in 61 and fortunately that's the bulk of the show and that stuff is all is all great we get we get all kinds of of stuff about how uh midge finally you know she she we take up actually from exactly after we left off in the last season where she was told off by by lenny bruce and went walking in the snow after his carnegie hall gig and now she's come back and she has like frostbite and she might lose a toe and she decides really that that what she's been doing you know refusing to take gigs because she's not a headliner is dumb it's it's stupid and she's ruining her career and she lets Susie just book her for whatever she can find which is fine you finally say yes finally she's not she's not destroying her own career great let's go for that and she ends up as a writer by the end of this uh, episode on the Gordon Ford show and I was thinking that it's sort of like a tonight show kind of thing He's, he's supposed to be like a stand-in for Jack Parr. Um, and she ends up, you know, in the writer's room. And she's the only woman in the writer's room and has to prove herself there. And in the same episode, we also get stuff, background about Susie and a woman who she was in love with who dumped her. And we discover now that she's the, the wife of, of Gordon Ford. Um, there is this very awkward kind of funny, but tragic scene where the two of them, you know, see each other outside of a, a, an elevator. And then, uh, Susie just wants to get out of there and her, her past love wants to try to get together again. Cause apparently their, their marriage is kind of open, but Susie wants no part of that. And, and all of those, all of that stuff, all of those scenes, they're just, they're great whether they're going for the pathos or they're going for the humor everything i thought worked in in that episode it's it just well, was i was gonna say uh uh Yusin, uh your thoughts real quick oh yeah I'll, I'll just be quick um you know i realized first of all uh i realized that i missed a season um and so <laughs> um so i'm watching the show and i feel like in some ways i i can i, I it doesn't 
it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously it will matter. I mean, I'm going to go back, whatever. Um, but the things that make the show great and that make the show enjoyable, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like you said, the comic timing, the writing, the acting, the look of the show is beautiful. Um, oh, it looks I, amazing. Yeah, it just looks amazing. It's so rich. You know, the color's so saturated. It's just, it really just, it's like you're stepping into a picture book. Um, you know, and experiencing the show almost in that way. So uh, it's it's really vibrant. Uh, it's a very lively, vibrant show for all your senses. So it's really engaging. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely has its own rhythm, though. And it's definitely it's it's not for everybody, you know, but I think it like you said, firing on all cylinders for me, having not watched the show for at least a year or two and wondering like it, it was a little bit like Shakespeare. It took me a moment, you know what I mean? Like, it took me, uh, you know, especially with the cold open, I had no idea what was going on. And I thought, oh, they've time jumped this show since last I watched it. And I thought, okay. And it was, that was actually a very, not off-putting, but it was off-balance. It made me very off-balance. I have watched it, and it was off-balance for me, too. Right, exactly. So, yeah, so that was a little bit, you know. But but once I got into the show, about it took about five, ten minutes for the rhythm and the this and the that, whatever. Um, But then it was just like wearing, you know, a fantastic, you know, coat that you pulled out of your closet, you know, is one of your favorites, and you love the way you look in it, and you know it's going to be, you know, it's going to keep you warm, and it looks stylish. Um, It was great. I loved it, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, more of the season. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Queen Charlotte, uh, which is a weird kind of spinoff of Bridgerton. So it's like there's Bridgerton season one and two, and then there's Queen Charlotte, which is an offshoot. Uh, which is, I think it's a pre. Well, it's a prequel, but not because you have two time periods. You have the prequel part of it, but you also have the current day part of it, which I think is happening after season two of Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. Uh, because she says uh, the queen brings in the Bridgerton mom and she's like you've married off two of your kids how do you do it Uh, that conversation was hilarious by the way because she's like "Uh, so what's the key and and the mom's like well love is important and then she like completely blows off everything she says and she's like I'll just pick a list of women and they'll eventually fall in love or not who cares (laughs) like love is not important um, but then there is the prequel part of the story is definitely the more interesting part because all of her 15 kids who are just annoying brats, um, is not that interesting at the moment, at least where I am in the story of the first two, but the prequel part is interesting. Um, and I couldn't figure out why the guy who plays King George, it's not that I recognize the actor. It's more that he has a look. And I realized he looks a little like the dude who played Dracula on Buffy. What's that dude's name? Can't think of it. Oh, name. I don't remember. But yeah, it, now that I'm thinking about it, he kind of does. They, yeah. they look a little alike. I was like, oh, that's why that guy reminds me, who he reminds me of. But I mean, I guess he's good looking. Um, but where I am in the story, he is not my favorite person. Because we're obviously getting the story from Charlotte's point of view. And I loved her re- reaction to the dog. Where she's like, why have you given me this deformed bunny rabbit or whatever? Because she's like, dogs are majestic. What is this thing? And it's like, just, I feel like somebody should have told her something when she gets married to this guy and he just drops her off like luggage, you know, at this other house. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be over here. You're going to be, and then all she asked for is some sort of explanation of why, and he won't tell her. And 
And for the longest, even even though I'm through episode two, because at first I was like, oh, because he's just a scientist and he's being scatterbrained. But obviously there's something else going on. And I'm like, if he legit has a health issue, I don't understand how he thinks he's going to keep it from his wife. Like, that seems insane. So, um, anyway, that's my impression. I think the actress playing Charlotte's fantastic. Um, and I, I like uh, the Queen Mother is uh, Lady Stark from Game of Thrones, and she's mm-hmm. sufficiently yeah, oh, she's annoyingly wonderful. kind. Not really evil, but she's not necessarily a good person either. Um, but I, And I think she's interesting. And I like the deal she made with um, Lady Dansbury. I thought that was pretty good. All right, you guys talk. Well, I think that it helps if you know a little bit of the history, because uh, King George III was uh, Mad King George. He, he, he had serious mental issues, although not at that age. He, he, in reality, he didn't actually start getting mental issues until he was about 50 years old. And he did end up like completely incapacitated, as they've shown on Bridgerton. I and, think I read, though, on Allison, this. just to interrupt, I, I think I read, though, that he did have some sort of a break at 23. I did, I did some he had He research. had, like, he did have, like, a very brief, what they what seems like a, a a nervous breakdown right um but it was it was something that was dealt with he was like out of it for for a couple of weeks or months right. and then he didn't have another episode again and nobody spoke about about it and right. you know it was it was not known by anyone at the time right. um until he started having serious issues recurrent issues and eventually permanent uh disability by the time he was in his 50s and 60s right um but no, through most of this is historical fiction i think that they're just playing with that you know what i mean it's yeah, like oh they do there's um they're playing fast and loose with a lot yeah. of things i mean especially like the dog for instance she's the one who actually brought pomeranians to yeah to england i, I saw um, that to libya also when she gave me that anecdote I, I like, i'm oh, judging it like... off of the show i'm not yeah, that's, re- yeah. oh no i'm not expecting research. i'm not expecting you know it's like whenever they do something that i i recognize as as connecting with reality it's it's like sort of a little little extra tidbit it's like oh they did that not not i'm not looking for for historical validity here whatsoever um but i think i i'm really so enjoying this show i actually if anything i i love it better than bridgerton and i hope that they do well i I like it better than bridgerton yeah i like it better just because i like the characters better yeah, I, so, I I think the characters are so much more compelling, and they have they have bigger stakes. I mean, they're actually dealing with the the you know the succession of of a particular house in uh, for the monarchy and the the where England goes and on all of that. And I think the so it's it's just more more interesting in that level. And I I love the actors who are playing the roles, especially Queen Charlotte. I think she's amazing. The the one who plays the younger version of her is terrific. Agreed. She holds that show together. I don't think the show would be as good if they didn't get someone who you really could believe in as and as commanding that centerpiece. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, absolutely. Her. You, really you absolutely. I lo- I love her. Her comment. Her comment. Like uh, when he drops her off at the house, they had this big fight, and she's laying in bed by herself, and she's like, "She should have gone over that wall." And I was just <laughs> like, "Yeah, yeah." I can see that. Like, yeah, all of know, that was pretty I, good. I was saying to to uh, 
Libya that I think that I was very surprised at the content of the show, like the subject matter, like what they were going to cover. And um, I had no idea. I did not know it was going to be any sort of an origin story or prequel or any sort of anything. I thought it was going to be a show about the adult queen, uh, which I was all there for. Um, I'm incredibly pleasantly surprised. Um, but then, you know, it seems to me that the show is going to really be a love story. Um, mm -hmm. And then also obviously routed, rooted in, uh, the, you know, the, the stakes you talk about. Obviously, he's king of, he's the king, you know, so uh, that's going to be obviously very important. But in the, the, but the larger and yet at the same time smaller issue is their love, you know, and I think if you know anything about, you know, the history, they, they were together you know, uh, happily as much as I think one can be, uh, they were said to be. They had fifteen children for a reason. Yeah, they had fifteen children. Oh, that's a lot of kids, another. man. And then, and and this is huge. Uh, in a time period when when uh, you know people had east wings and west wings, and certainly you know at least separate bedrooms and stuff, they often slept in the same bed, and that mm -hmm. is very rare for royals and very rare for rich couples. Um, well, but, I, I was about to say. Also, I don't know all this. Yet. No, no, no. I, I mean historically. His, you don't. You yeah, don't, I, I don't. I know, but I don't. I don't know. No, no. Anything, what I'm so. saying is, no. What I'm saying is, for me, the this is all beautiful because I didn't know any of this myself. I it, they don't even show it in the show, so I'm not giving away a spoiler. Is what I'm saying. You don't. Okay. What I'm telling you is just stuff that, as someone who watched the first episode. Uh, you know, and the second I went and I did my own research. So I'm just giving you my a viewers, you know, opinion of like the show made me uh, realize, oh, is this what the made me think? Oh, is this what the show is going to be about? So it did what I think a good argument can be made for people who complain about historical fiction and being like, oh, well, you know, it's so unrealistic or that didn't happen or this is being so portrayed wrong. Who cares? We know that it's not accurate. You have, you're an adult. There's something called Wikipedia. There's Google. Go online. So for me, it was my own, um, the show was good enough uh, and, um, and ignited enough in me a passion to be like, oh, I wonder what the actual story is around this. And, you know, what, what am I learning and what will I, what might I learn? So, you know, what you do and don't learn, that's like, like um, Allison said, it's sort of like an Easter egg. So now that right. I know stuff, when when I when I see it actually happening, I'll be like, oh, that's actually true, or vice versa. So for me, I'll I'll wrap up by saying that um, I'm incredibly pleased, uh, pleasantly surprised, uh, you know, at what at the focus of the show, and I think that the look of the show is actually a little bit smaller. It feels a little bit more like a TV show where the Bridgerton actual. I actually went back to watch the original Bridgerton to be like to just be reminded of what I was what what had kind of started the whole thing and. Um, it actually seems a little bit smaller on scale, even like the the background actors and you know the shots and everything. But it's so it's more intimate, which makes more sense because it's a show I think more about their relationship. But it's much more compelling. I think it's way more okay. interesting and yeah. one more weighty. Uh, whereas Br uh, Bridgerton seems very flighty, both of them. So I'm okay. I'm much happier Look. to see this one. All right, thank you. All right, wrapping that up. I think we're all saying thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Jury Duty. And this was the show that I plugged for everybody and hopefully people watched. And it's a comedy that looks almost like a reality show, but it's not because everybody in it's an actor except for one guy. The concept of the show is bizarre. And I don't even know how they came up with this. But they put out an advertisement saying that they were going to do a, a documentary about Jury Duty 
and they had people apply and then they picked one guy who they he signed all the forms so that's why he's not surprised to see cameras doing a documentary about his jury duty and they tell him oh yeah we got permission from the court to do this but that's a lie the entirety of the court that they're going through or the trial that they're going through is all played by actors and he's the only one who thinks it's real. So that's the caveat that you have to understand going in. And also then they add the extra spice of James Marsden, who is a semi celebrity because he thinks he's a bigger celebrity than he actually is in this show, which is, which adds to the comedy. Um, And so in the first two episodes, it's all about jury selection and who's going to end up on the jury and who's not and all of that craziness. I have seen the whole show, but I won't talk about it. I'll only talk about the first two, which I just think the reason that this show works is that guy's charm. And he just genuinely is curious about a lot of things and just getting his response to the crazy, because they throw crazy stuff at him constantly. And he has to be on his toes. And I think it's, it's hilariously funny. Uh, Peter, you haven't talked in a while. What'd you think? Yeah, I've seen the first episode and a half. And uh, yeah, I think it's pretty funny. Um, It's funny because when you pitched it to me, I think I misunderstood you. I thought it was that James, is that everybody was fake except for James Marsden. And that was like the joke. And And then I was like, oh no, he's clearly playing a character. And then in the opening, they say like, well, I mean a version of himself, whatever. And then the opening, they say that it's that guy that is the normal person or the person who doesn't know or whatever. Um, and then there's just a lot of things that seem to be wor- work the same way that like, you know, The Office or other shows like this work. Like we, we very quickly get to know these characters. I love the the girl who keeps wanting to flirt with the weird nerdy guy. <laughs> he basically just wants to go out. He wants his excuse to be like, well, it's the first time my girlfriend and I aren't with our parents. So we wanted to have a nice, (laughs) and then she's just like, I just want to corrupt him, you know, like, uh, like it's just, yeah, that's very funny. And, and it is, it's always funny seeing celebrities play this kind of more douchey version of them. Well, we hope more douchey version. (laughs) So like Marston, the, the paparazzi was like, I mean, obviously I didn't do that. I mean, how crazy would that be? Like, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, you're the one well, that was the thing that's so crazy about it. Is he's trying so hard to get out of jury duty that he like hire gets these paparazzi to show up to show the judge that he's really famous. And so the judge's solution is to put, to sequester the, the jury. Correct. And so right. now all of them have to stay in these hotels and lose their phones. Can you imagine that right now, Peter? They take you away from your apartment. You have no phone. You have no iPads. And the only phones you have is like a rotary phone. And because he was like, can I record a video to my girlfriend? They're like, no, you can't do that. You can call her on an old timey phone. Like it, all of that is crazy. Like I can't even, and they're like, write down all the numbers you're going to need. I was like, how do I know all the numbers I'm going to yeah, need? I, don't know I any need of all of my phones. Yeah. I, well, they I, let I, you write it down. They're like, give you your phone and you can write the numbers down. But I still would have been like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then Mars was like, but people need to call me. I need to be available for people to call me. Like it was so crazy. Well, I also love when Marston's like, uh, wait, so you watch Sonic or something. And he's like, what did, did you pay your rent? He's like, oh, I watched it on Hulu. He's like, oh, well, 
I would have gotten a dollar if you had paid more. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one, I think the guy's like, oh, I paid for it. He's like, there you go. Like, uh, He's like, my man, right. Uh, you said your thoughts real quick. Um, yeah, you know, I, I like the concept. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, it plays with the idea of the, you know, the uh, documentary uh, show that we are, we, we all know now, The Office, Modern Family, yada, 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 only it's literally actually real. Um, uh, but not, obviously. Um, so it plays with that concept. Wait, it's real? Well, it's no, not real. No, no, no it's no. not real. No, no, real meaning that the guy that but he's you know, that he's real that he's real that like but he's not really real. No, he's real, real. He's a real person who does has no idea what's going on. He thinks he's participating. He in thinks he's participating. Yes, he no, thinks thought, that this is. No, did I you thought, misunderstand? Yes. I thought it was just meta. I thought he's an actor playing no. a person. No, he's a real dude. They it's found him meta. on Craigslist. They found him on Craigslist and said, do you want to be part of wow. a documentary? He's very, he's very charming for a yes. person. That, yes. Oh, that's wow. so cool. That's, oh, no, that's I just so cool he was about an actor. I was like, oh, no. very meta where it's supposed to be. No, like, no. dude. He, no. he thinks this trial is real. And he thinks everything is real. real. So all his reactions the are thing real? Is, the yes. thing is, he seems like an actor. He seems very stable. He does. Yeah, yeah. No, he seems he's not. Fair. Who meets who meets an actor who you can recognize, and and say, yeah, yeah, that was in a really crappy movie you were in, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, who does that? You can say that I did that. Yeah, I legit I did that. To, I met the showrunner of one of my favorite shows, and I told yeah. him how bad his finale was and why. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. So did you do that he, in the context of a of a, a like someplace that was professional? Or just no, somewhere. I did it. I, I ran into him on the street and I absolutely did that. Yeah. So, yes, I can see that happening because I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> so. <Right>. Most <laughs> people would try to say, you know, like, yeah, I love that movie, even if you hated it. it just to, no, you know, I, I legit told this dude. I, no, I told him that I loved his show. I was like, I love your show, but your finale was trash. And here are all the reasons why. So, right. see, and that was me. Okay, but you, you opened with "I loved your show," and that's why he did he open with, "Dude, I loved you in X Men," and then he was like, X-Men. "But I hate you in this." So no, I no, totally would have done that. He hated him. He said, "Oh, I heard that show was. I heard that movie was bad. It was he, garbage. He, yeah, and that's why it was actually even better when he came back and he goes, "Oh man, I'm totally wrong. I watched that show. I was wrong, man. I owe you an apology. You were great. Yeah, that was movie. pretty funny. That yeah. Was yeah, but he liked it for who was doing the voice for Son. I know he didn't like it." James Marsden, right? He was like, he was like that Sonic guy was really funny. Right, right. Yeah. I also like when he says X Men at the court, and he's and Marsden's like, oh no, don't do X Men because they think of Hugh Jackman and it's a whole thing. Like, uh, right. <laughs> and I love that the judge was like at the top. He was like letting everybody out of jury duty, and then at lunch he got his car broken into and he cut his hand, and after that he was just mad. And he wouldn't let anybody out for nothing. He was like, ah, he was just like super in a bad mood. And that I love that they were playing with all of that. So because if, if it helps you guys understand the concept a little better, they rehearsed the cast that actually had a script. They rehearsed for weeks 
Oh, of course. Before that guy showed up. So they they all knew their lines. They rehearsed for a couple of weeks. And then they dropped this dude in the middle of it. So, so Peter, they all knew what they were saying. Knowing that. Peter, you watch it thinking that it was like a meta scripted show. It was just a re- I, I was like, oh, this is the funny setup. But right. they're really just that. No, wow. No. See, yeah. So that's that's to me why I really like the show. If it, was, if it was just what you thought it was, I would have been like, nah, whatever. Been there, I mean, like there. I say to Allison, he really does seem like, like the way he looks, the way he he, he seems, seems like he's an yeah, actor. Yeah, he yeah. The thing is, they they interview they interviewed twenty one hundred people. Until That's they a found lot him. of people. I'm sure they had an FBI yeah. profiler on set. Yeah. So they like, they went through twenty one hundred people before they picked this guy. So they wanted him to look good right. and they wanted him to be somewhat charming. Yeah. So they basically so did they auditions. The most, they picked the most actor like real person. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they I'm picked charming. someone who was who was charming and good looking. And then they dropped him in this situation and they wanted to see if he was agile. They, they wanted to make sure that if he got thrown all these different scenarios, yes. he wasn't just going to lock up and not do yes. anything. Yeah. So and, they, and, they had to ta- test a little and, bit. And that was going to be my comment, which is, which is that, you know, with this concept, casting is key. And they, and I think they hit right. it out of the park. Like this show, obviously, much like we talked about Queen Charlotte, it would not work. It rests on this guy, as smart and as funny as and interesting as the setups are, and as well rehearsed as they are, and as you know whatever as they are. It would not work if we didn't uh, feel connected to this guy, or you know find mm-hmm. him charming or interesting. Or I mean, if he were too nervous or weird, or if he couldn't like like you use the word, I think it's the perfect word, agile, to kind of navigate these situations, but in a way that's watchable for us then the show right. would feel miserably. So, I mean, I don't know if they had practice people, if they like, if it were me, I would have, I would have hired, I would have hired three people and done like two days worth of shooting around them just to kind of see like what their reactions are and been like, yeah, no, this guy isn't going to work. Sort of like an, you know, an um, extended hidden audition. I mean, that that's what I would have done. I would have placed them in the situations, filmed them and, and been like, is this usable? And then finally chosen someone. So the show is, as we talked earlier in the in our podcast, it's a very high concept, um, but yet using things that we're familiar with, the sort of documentary drama kind of situation, but then turning it into a reality show for us. Um, the one thing I said to Libya, though, is, and this is where it gets a little dangerous for me, just me, me particularly, son, the viewer. It's funny, and they do they do do a good job. They know what they're doing. They keep the focus on him. But, you know, there's parts of it where it feels like jury duty, and it's like, laborious and there are people you don't wouldn't want to sit next to or talk to or have to listen to. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So like the weirdo part- with the weirdo with the backpack who's got yes. the food oh, above, like I, I like no like, no not so, that dude. That's funny to watch for a little while. But if I had to really <laughs> you know if I were there in the courtroom I would be dying and scratching my When they're in the hotel room and he, he, and he's sending the notes under the door? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird. Yeah. It's, but yeah. I've seen people Watch. like that in real life. I'm like, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Life. Those people are real. Those yeah, those are real people. Exist. So that's why the show's doing so, a bang up job. But right. I, so I got we gotta move on. We gotta yeah, move on. We gotta move on. Say, the show has to be careful with me though, that if it you know, if I end up spending too much time with these people as opposed to with, you know, my guy, it, I'm gonna start to feel a little like get me out of here. So, you know, it's a fine line. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Citadel. And there's not that much to really talk about other than every single spy trope that you could imagine 
I was just like, really? You're going to tell me that the guy who lost his memory immediately married this rando woman, had a kid with her, but she's also an agent who got her memory erased? Like, come on. Come on. Well, obviously, that just... wasn't, that, that's not an accident. That's obviously Oh, I know it's not an because obviously she must have gotten her memory back some kind of way so that when she saw him, she went after him but and realized or, he or didn't remember have his remember we're uh, one of the things that that stanley tucci's ex-wife said to him in the very first episode was you know if if you don't do this uh i'm gonna let them know what you did to them that right. was a that was a line of dialogue but i think that was but i thought that that was the, together oh i was gonna say because i thought it was just the whole erase their memory thing that she was threatening i him think with, that was but... automatic if they didn't check in if right. Didn't, so you know that would happen. I, no, but he says it over the line. He's like, "I'm gonna backstop you." He tells uh, the woman, "He's like, I'm gonna backstop you." She's like, "No, no, 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 no." He's like, "You have two hours." So she know she knew before he did it that he was gonna do it. So I don't think I'm not sure. And my thing is, all the stuff is just so over the top and coincidental. And then I just watched the episode where, oh God, his name is Mason, I think. Yeah. Where he he sets up the other woman that's now his wife when she's an agent. He sets her up to be the fall guy for the mole who's really his girlfriend. And I was just like, okay. There's just it, it's just too much. Like there's too many coincidences and too many things that feel like the bad guy was like, I'm gonna kill you for killing my girlfriend. He's like, Oh, you mean this girlfriend who's alive and married to this other guy that you hate? I was just like, wait, what? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, some of the spy stuff is fun, but I feel like the writers were just on Coke or something. I'm not even sure what that was. Yeah. I got to agree with you. No, I know. I agree with you because I mean, this was the episode where I kind of said to myself, so this is why it's getting those really shitty reviews. (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, it, it was like, it, this is the episode that made me totally hate Mason as a character. Cause oh, he's such a jerk. This? Yeah. He's it's a cruel jerk. And he's, he's, you know, if, if he, if what he does is because he's so professional and he's so committed to his job, that's one thing, but he immediately turns around and he's willing to like, you know, destroy the planet, Random you know, girl. I mean, just, yeah. just completely destroy everything just to protect his girlfriend he's setting up this totally innocent person who he knows is totally innocent and not only is he planning to have her back stopped he's planning to have her memories destroyed so she can never get them back that is insanity and and all insanity all to protect his girlfriend who is an actual mole who's actually the enemy you know and and not only that but they even have him and the other guy whose job it is to find this stuff out have a bro conversation between the two of them instead of the Why other guy saying, I know about this and going her. to the authority and re- reporting yes. that this is happening. Yes. It, it was just so insane. I'm just going, okay. you've got to be kidding me. So this is what's And hilarious. why would spies behave this way? This felt wait, like it was high school. But wait, yeah. this is so funny that you guys are saying this because as I was watching all of this, I was having the exact same reaction as you guys, except <laughs> I, I added, I was like, 
oh, it can't be this bad. So I must be misunderstanding what I'm watching. So I was like, I'm just going to keep watching this. And I was like, there's no way that this is actually what I'm watching. And this is not the script. I'm not making this up. I was just like, I must be missing something. And I was like, it's going to, they're going to correct my, you know, my misconception in a minute. I'm going to totally realize you're so silly. You son. this is not, you're, you're, this is not what, what they're trying to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was definitely, uh, what for me when I thought, um, this script better be better than what I'm taking in, but here's, what's kind of funny about it. I kind of still don't care. It is pure garbage. Um, and, <laughs> um, well, except I will say this episode made Mason very unlikable. Yeah, he, really he wasn't did. that likable to begin with, but he continued to be more and more unlikable, and 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 that is a huge problem because obviously of the two leads, you I don't like either one of them. Honestly, at first they, I thought the first episode they were there was a charm and a sizzle between the two of them, and I thought oh this could be really fun and Mr. and Mrs. Smith whatever spy wives spy husbands whatever um but you know they kind of let that go more uh and now we've just we're watching unlikable people do unlikable things for unlikable reasons i mean it's just really silly um but that doesn't mean i'm not gonna stop watching it it doesn't mean i'm gonna stop watching it i um I just want to see how badly this train like explodes. I just, I'm 100%. I'm just watching that train go flying off the tracks and I'm here for it. I just, I mean, there's some special, decent special effects every once in a while. Stanley Tucci's doing his Stanley Tucci-ness. So, uh, you know, that's I don't. Main, his, that's his... the main thing for me. I want more Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Please, please uh, let's get back to him. Yeah. So, and well, not tied to a him. chair for the rest of the I was about to season, say. Please. I was like, I don't need him to be tortured more. Thank you. No. All right, let's move on. There's no reason to to beat this dead horse. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Silo. And this is Peter's show who got us to uh, jump on this show. So, Peter, why don't you lead us out? Yeah. um, uh, I've I've been – actually, except for C, for some reason I didn't get into C that much. I've watched like four episodes. But I really liked Apple's – I really love Severance. I really, I know Alice. I don't want to get in a fight with Allison. I, I really like Foundation. So when I knew they had a new sci-fi thing based on a series, and it was starring Rebecca Ferguson, who I really like, and David Oyelowo and uh, Richard Jones, I was like, oh, I was like, okay. It's funny because I'm really curious to hear what Allison's going to say because I didn't really love Snowpiercer, and when I was watching Silo, I was like, this is kind of another Snowpiercer vibe because it's basically. It's the future, something bad happened, and all these classes of people are now stuck in this thing. You know, but in Snowpiercer, it's a train that, that never stops, and here it's a, a silo. Silo that doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't go anywhere. With <laughs> and in, so wait, I, we're only talking the pilot, is that right? First two, first two. First two. So, like, the see, I thought that, um, I'm not going to say what happens, but I really thought that Apple traditionally only posts first two episodes, and then it's like one a week. I really think they should have done three because I think the first two episodes, while good, are really a lot of place setting. It really is a lot of like, here's this, and this is how the silo works, and what happened to Rashida Jones, and and it's like it's so much set up. The third episode, I think, really takes things in a more active way. Um, so I'm be curious to hear what you guys think of these two. But I mean, I knew watching the pilot because the poster. If you go to the Apple thing. 
Rebecca Ferguson is the, you know, she's the lead. So you watch the pilot and it's Rashida Jones. And she's not in it, right. <laughs> right, and I was like, where's Rebecca Ferguson? I was like, is she gonna be like the last 30 seconds of the episode? And she is. It's like, <laughs> and here's this engineer that for some reason is gonna be important. Um, but the setup I think is, it, it is interesting. I think the tricky part, like Lost or any of these shows is it's it's like, right now it seems a little binary. It, it, it's either outside the world is irradiated and it's terrible or outside the world is actually very good and you could live there and for some reason they want to keep you inside oh wait one thing i want to say that i like and it's in the first two episodes and i'll let somebody else talk one of the things i think that's tricky about dystopian things um hunger games or whatever is you always have these like very cartoony kind of villains these very specific like you know, I think in Snowpiercer, the movie, it's Ed Harris or whatever, where it's like, you want to keep the people down and he's terrible and he's mad, you know, he's evil and everything. I kind of like that in this, while I assume there is there is something like sinister going on, I like that in the first two episodes, the people that are in charge that we know of, uh, the people that are like, um, so there's the sheriff. The sheriff and, then, and the mayor. Like, I don't think, because it's been 150 years since this like, the, the great war or whatever. I think it's an interesting comment on systemic problems that we have in real societies that it's not that there aren't people that are horribly racist and terrible and everything, but that the system has been this way for so long that even the people that are in charge, they're not necessarily as in charge as they think they are. And I like that. I was like, Oh, that's kind of an interesting play. It's like the mayor, is it the mayor, the mayor lady? It's like, yeah, Normally yeah. she'd be like the bad guy. You'd be like, oh, she's really, you know, she said something sinister. And I'm like, no, I think she's really doing her job. She's it's just that they don't have this information anymore about the 150, uh, what what happened. Anyways. 140 years. 140. So I like it. But uh, yes, I'm curious to see what you guys think. I, All right, Yusuf. I, I want to go right to what um, Peter was saying about like, oh, well, mostly it's set up and this and that. And and I'm totally fine with that. It is, it is okay for me um to uh as long as it's not boring setup you know what i mean as long as it doesn't you know you know for me uh yeah i mean yeah sure sometimes uh we talk about pilots coming right out of the gate and grabbing you by the throat or just taking you on this thing and you're like oh my god and you know it's uh uh it's bingeable and i couldn't i couldn't not press play I still kind of sort of felt that way about the first episode. The first episode was set up, but it was intriguing enough and it was compelling enough um, that I absolutely was like, oh, okay, what, what, give me more. What else do you have for me? So it doesn't always have to be uh, not set up for it. You know, being all set up or mostly set up isn't necessarily a built-in deterrent for me. Um, I like the show uh, as much as I complain all the time about dystopian yada, yada, blah, blah, blahs. Um, what am I going to complain and they're going to stop making them? No, they're going to keep making them. So am I going to keep trying to watch them every once in a while? Sure. So, um, as far as that's concerned, I think the show, uh, looks great. I think the acting is very solid all around. Um, I don't care that, uh, Rebecca Ferguson was dropped in at the very end. Uh, I didn't see the poster, so I had no expectation. I didn't know who the lead characters were going to be. Um, and even still, we, we see that David Oyelowo, uh, is coming back in, is, at least for the first two, obviously we're in uh, flashbacks. Um, so yeah, I have, I have pretty high hopes for this show, even though I'm, you know, in the, you know, 
in, in the, uh, for the most part, I'm over these types of shows. Um, I will say this, that um, I mentioned this to, to, uh, to Libya and as a costume designer, I think that it's my, my, my duty to mention that I am, I am very tired though of this, the sweater look of dystopia. It's like, I don't, it's, it's an aesthetic. Do you know what I mean? Of the trendy, you know, like, um, I can see you nodding, Peter. So you know that I can see that you're probably right. It's there, you know, it's like an Abercrombie Fitch from the 90s, you know, with these like big, <laughs> thick woolen sweaters with extra long, you know, cute sleeves that high school, college kids wear. And, you know, I don't know what, what that, why that suddenly has just been adopted as, you know, dystopian uniforms, um, you know, at comfort, cozy, you know, post-apocalyptic wear. I don't know how they would sell that, but you know, so casual apocalypse. Yeah. Casual for the casual apocalypse, you know, look for, you know, for you. Um, so minus that, which is grating. I mean, it is actually annoying. Um, uh, and, and kind of, uh, tropey and boring and uninteresting for me. Um, and it, you know, and as we know, character clothing can absolutely be a, a character of a show, you know what I mean? Um, and it can be kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, add a real dimension to it, to the show. Wait, did you, did you like the clothing in, cause I love the clothing. Did you like the clothing in severance in the, in this bland corporate way? I think the clothing's really good in severance. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's, like, I mean, that's a whole nother show. So, but yes, I did like it. Absolutely. Um, they were, they but, were going for a, a, a mid-century modern look. Exactly. And they nailed it. So yeah, you know what I mean? It was, it, it did its job and its purpose. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, even if that, yeah, so I won't go into that. But yes, to the short answer is yes, I did. Um, so, but anyway, so I'll let someone else talk, except that I will say that I am looking forward to this show. It's gripping, uh, it's gritty, uh, and it's, to me, uh, I, even though I, I'm, I already have 105 guesses as to what is outside, you know, the silo, um, I, I'm happy to go along for the ride. Allison? Um, well, I'm, I'm into the show so far. Um, I think. Oh my God, I was afraid you were going to hate it. Okay, good. No, no, actually, it's I like it a lot. Foundation two for you, like. No, uh, it's not at all. It's not at all. First of all, it. it I think it like Foundation. It's based on a uh, a series of books, um, but I have not read them, so I can't tell you if it's if it's uh, hues to those or not. All, all I know is, you know, what I'm seeing on TV is interesting. The acting is is solid. The look of the thing is wonderful. That entire silo is amazing looking the sets that they built are just fantastic um although i have oh, peter, to question... was, peter was saying peter was saying that the actors were complaining about how many steps they had yeah they actually yeah those, yeah, those <laughs> stairs the stairs are real i guess well probably not yeah. ten thousand feet down well, but i mean yeah but, they but built this, a lot of stairs yeah but you know that's my one question is who builds a 144 level silo and doesn't put in an question. elevator that was my question. I, I mean, asked that you know, Peter. is this, I is said this the same like thing. The, the, the only survivors are, are cardio nuts? I mean, really? What, <laughs> okay, well, wait. Can you imagine? Um, no, Libya, no, you can't. No, you can't Libya, tell us. Livia, you can, you can edit this out, but it is, it is addressed. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It is addressed. All right. Well, because it's it's yeah. just you know there's there's certain things things about technology that don't make sense with this, but then and I and I will get to that, but it. it like they don't have elevators and they have computers. I mean, they're primitive ones, but computers, but they don't have a telephone system. Um, you know, they don't even have walkie talkies, but they have an intercom. Yeah, but, you know, but, they, they said, but they said radios were illegal. Remember? Yeah. But, yeah, but they don't. About, 
there doesn't seem to be a, a real reason why, but there is there the thing that I am interested in is that apparently 140 years prior to this, which is not necessarily when the apocalypse happened, right? It was there was like the Great Rebellion, yeah, and right. at that point nobody can remember anything or have any right. trace of information about anything. Everything right. was Everything wiped was out white. of what came before, so they are missing critical information about their origins why they are where they are what is going on why there are certain rules um and and you know i think that getting to the the core of that mystery is what interests me i'm i'm really i'm really excited to see how they get to that you know and the layers that they go through allison brought up something i, I just really quick wanted to say was most science fiction stories and i love science fiction most science fiction stories are about the dangers of technology and progress and how, as human beings, there is a folly to that. I kind of like how in Silo, all these things we're bringing up. It's kind of like they don't have phones, much less cell phones. They have computers, but they're kind of analog. I kind of like that the show is sort of implying that these people are trapped because they actually don't get to have the better devices, the better technology. That's very different for science fiction stories. I, I think that's really- Or they're saying, or they're saying that that technology is the reason why there was an apocalypse. It could be, you mean like in Dune? Yeah, like we don't do, know like, anything. Yeah. We're so- You don't know anything. Right, we right, don't right. know anything right now. Right, right. But right. I think it's- Yeah, I mean, we've I seen two different versions of what the outside looks like and we still don't know which one is correct. Right. All right, let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Mrs. Davis and we're going to talk about episodes three and four and, uh, episode three. Uh, the thing about this show that just boggles my mind is that it makes no sense. Like every time I watch, I'll watch it and I'll be watching. I'll be like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm having a great time, but this doesn't make any sense. And so in the third episode, it's all about. They're supposed to be chasing the Holy Grail, and they get sidelined by pulling Excalibur out of a stone, and but at like a weird, like fest festival, it, what? And then people get hit by lightning, and he's wearing these shoes. The shoes don't make any. It's just so bizarre. It's just so bizarre, but it has this charm where I can't take my eyes off of it, you know. And then you finally, you find out that her husband, the nun, she keeps meeting her husband in this restaurant. She keeps calling him Jay. And you realize, oh, the J stands for Jesus. And she's having visions. And she's not really in the restaurant, but maybe she is because multiple people are having similar visions than she is. Like, what is going on? What is going on? Allison, so what did you think of episodes three and four? Um, I loved them. I thought they were great. I thought they were, you know, kooky and wild, like they, they, uh, like everything that's come before has, has been, um, the whole Excalibur thing just cracked me up. No end. The, just this, this insanity of these guys. I mean, their, their, their entire thing is, is holding on to this sword, this giant sword and it's outlasting like how people the win, other. Like people, yeah. It's like how, yeah, how they win a car. Yeah, it's exactly it's the so same bizarre. Thing. Um, and then she's like, "Well, we can follow the Grail and follow the Redhead to the thing." And he's like, "Nope, I gotta win this sword." And you're just like, "What? <laughs> what is happening?" And then who gave him the shoes? I can't even remember. He he got the shoes from uh, the the. Oh, now I'm 
like the priest. No, the priest wanted to know where he got the shoes from because priest is like, that's dude, right. oh, love that's your right. shoes. That's later. He oh, right. Him. When he falls into when he falls down the shaft, he lands in in that you know area with all the shoes. He didn't fall down the shaft. You're misremembering. That was his bro guy that jumped out of an airplane to rescue him, and instead of rescuing him, he falls down into a pit with all the shoes. He got okay, the yeah, shoes but, while but that's he. Where he... Okay. No, he got the shoes because he was standing there trying to win the sword and he was wearing boots that were uncomfortable and someone gave him the shoes to wear so that he could stand up there longer. And I can't remember. Oh, who it right. Was. Well, she did. Now yeah, but where she... did she get the shoes? Somebody gave them to her. Yeah, someone gave it to gave her. to him. But I can't remember but, who but it, it was. Wasn't, yeah. Well, it was just a messenger saying that they were doing it for Mrs. Davis. Oh, that's right. Okay. It was a so, proxy. It was a proxy. It was a proxy that gave it to him. Okay, cool. That makes a little more sense, but it's still confusing in the whole scope of the thing. Once you find, once you finally see that bizarre commercial at the end, where you you realize that the footage that you had seen at the beginning of the show was actually the beginning of a commercial, and I was like, wait, what? And that what I loved is when I got to the end and they're playing the commercial, and they finish, they get to the end of the commercial. And then they go to a wide shot of them watching the television and there's this long pause. And I was like, what the F? And then Mrs. And then the nun said it like five, like right behind me. Like we had like, it was like an echo. <laughs> she said the same thing I did. And I was like, that's why I love this show is that the main character's reaction is pretty much my reaction, uh, how I would react in a similar situation, which I, would think I would not get in a similar because oh my god, just <laughs> it's crazy. unlikely, I think, but because uh, yeah. <laughs> he, I love the fact that he gets captured by this German priest and he's like, Oh, I just pulled that scam, so you're obviously a scam artist. And he's like, Oh, there's gonna be stunts, like he doesn't believe that he's been captured and kidnapped and uh, and held opposite and the Pope. I know. They're like, we're at the Vatican. He's like, oh, we're just in Florida. And they're like, no, we're at the Vatican. And he's like, and I'm the Pope. And he's like, what? Like, it sounds so unlikely. I totally understand why he didn't believe it. Like, I wouldn't believe it either. And he's like, I've been replaced by my doppelganger. Like, it just sounds insane. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's just like every piece that he uncovers sounds more insane than the last piece. And you're just watching it like only thing is, I think that the error codes that Mrs. Davis is hitting are a clue that I have not yet put together. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that woman that wouldn't make her the cake. She was like, <laughs> she's like, oh, this cake is a king cake. She gives the whole thing's like, who's this cake for? And she's like, the Pope. And she like destroys, destroys it. Destroys it. Yeah. She's like, I need one million euros if you want a cake. <laughs> so great i love how she oh, gets the man. euros too yeah that was really like, all that, of that, it. Was, that was creepy and weird just mrs davis puts out the call and suddenly people are throwing her money oh my god all of it was so good um so yeah i i thought that that was all of it was and then she decides not to give them like what so she gets the cake she's not on the list so out of a temper tantrum, she decides to eat the cake herself and then chokes on the baby, which is funny because she knew the baby was in the cake. Like what? Anyway, so bizarre. So bizarre. 
Oh, and I, I like that the Pope had the same vision that she had of the dude in the restaurant. So yeah. I thought that was good, too. And the flashback was good as well. When we see how she first becomes a nun, all that was really good. So, yeah, thumbs up. I, that is the show that if I didn't have other stuff to watch, I would have just kept watching. Um, because it's just the insanity level is so high. I think it's one of the most unique things on television. And, I mean, it's it's just... It, it's so much fun and so bizarre and just 100 and, and the acting in it too. I mean, there's, there's not a weak link. It's everyone mm-hmm. in it is fantastic. I, I think it's, it's just a brilliant, brilliant series. All right. So we're saying thumbs up. Yep. 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 All right. So, uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can leave them at Facebook. Listen to us at sci-fi.radio, six degrees of geeks, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.